0: Hey everyone, this is Mark Burnett. I want to just take a moment to thank all of our supporters of Scandalabra. The listening support has been phenomenal and we love it. Also, just want to remind you to follow us on Instagram at Scandalabra Podcast. Not only follow us and like us, but be sure to comment. We'd love to hear your feedback, especially about future episodes, things you'd like to hear on Scandalabra. There's also a donor link which will link you directly to anchor where you can support the cause. So many of you have by listening and now it's time to be an even greater part of this movement. Scandalabra support us on Instagram at Scandalabra podcast. And as an official donor. Hello everyone, and welcome to Scandalabra. I'm your host, Mark Burnett, and I don't think our next guest really needs an introduction, but in case you don't know who she is, which is a remote chance, she not only shared hosting responsibilities with me on Clean House, she's a designer, an organizer, a comedian, a dog lover, which is my favorite. She's also an Emmy award-winning television host, Trish, sir, I love you, and welcome to the show.
1: I love you, Lord. I miss you so much, my work husband from another mother. Gosh, <laughs> I miss you.
0: <laughs> I know, I know. What's happening with the world? Are I know. We, are, are we are we okay? Is everything like uh, in the world okay right now for you? I mean,
1: for me, it's isn't that relative for all of us right now? Yeah. We're all just holding it together with gum and Tic Tacs anymore.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I know.
1: <laughs> I mean, really.
0: Um. So <laughs> I I read something about you, which is. Uh, odd because i feel like i've known you since birth yes um you put the southern in southern california i love that that. yeah Yeah. i I know that so um say more about that because you're from kentucky right i
1: am from kentucky uh born and raised and then i went to college at arizona state so i Mm -hmm. left the nest and went to asu but what i have realized because now i have moved to atlanta georgia which i have never really spent time in and then went ahead and um Got divorced, met a new guy randomly, and then ended up buying a house here simply to just flip. Like to uh-huh. just, I was like, oh, I'll renovate and flip this. This sounds fun because I was traveling so much for work, right? And then uh, insert pandemic. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. oh. Uh huh.
1: So all of a sudden, I don't have a home base because this was being renovated, and so I had to kind of figure that out. And I've been in Los Angeles for the last twenty four years, and what I have learned about myself, Mark, is that I am actually more southern. Californian than Southern.
0: Ah. And, and that I, is a transition happens. I mean, I I relate to that. Like people say, where are you from? And now I don't say I'm from Cleveland or even I go home to North Carolina. I say I'm in LA. I that's where I'm well. From. Don't
1: you feel like, and I don't know, because I I clearly I understand I'm not an Angelino, right? right? I understand right. true Angelinos. I'm not trying to there, they've very few of them left, but I feel like at a certain point. You do have to claim where you've migrated to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and after 25 years in LA, I'm an Angelino. Like I have a love and respect for all the people, and and this is the thing I say to people that are Angelinos that give people that move there like a hard time. Uh, you didn't leave your hometown, bro. So don't be hard on the rest of us that left right. wherever we came from. Right. I understand you've got a cool calm town. L.A. is the business. I made it mine. Right. But you can't get on people that left where they came from to go, you know, do their thing. And people that love L.A. and make it their own. I think that's the other and LA is a very large, like people from Pacoima are like, I'm from LA. Yeah. You know what? Do you boo? That's exactly right. You are from LA. <laughs> like people think when we say LA, it's like, you know, a seven to 10 block radius, right, or Like right. maybe five mile radius. I'm like, no, 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 no. LA County goes all the way down to Long Beach. I don't yeah. think people realize that.
0: Yeah, it's huge. It's a big city, and that's it's good. got. It, and I feel like it's gotten bigger only because it, the the freeways are ridiculous.
1: Agreed.
0: Uh, um, oh, and now we have the World Cup, the um Olympics. Olympics. Yes. Yeah, so, so that's why
1: I'm God. selling my house here and heading right back to L. A. So that I can just Airbnb my house <laughs> when I get back there I for know. all this uh exciting times
0: smart move all right so we play we play this really fun game called two truths and a lie and this is for our listeners to get to know myself but in this case really you better um i i'm you know i'm thinking i really don't know what i can come up with that you would not know so
1: that's what i was thinking too mark it's so hard for me (laughs) to do this with you of all people
0: Yeah. So I'm going obscure. So I know that you and I have always talked about being professional people of leisure. Yes. So, which to me falls in the eat, eat, drink, travel category. Yes. So that's where I'm going. So I'll go first Okay. and see if you can guess and then you can go. Okay. All right. So the eat food. Okay. So I have famously asked the question of people, if you could only eat one meal, the rest of your life, what would it be? Mine is spaghetti and meatballs. Okay. That's my Uh first one. Okay.
1: That's your first one.
0: Second one is drink related. Uh, In college, I worked at a family bar called the Alley. Very popular. But I created a signature drink called the Markahooly. And basically this was a four finger cocktail. And if anyone needs to know what a four finger means, it means you just stack (laughs) your fingers vertically and pour enough vodka in there to meet your fingers, uh, to meet your fingers. Exactly. And it was with a splash of Hawaiian fruit punch and Midori. So in essence, it was a a red melon ball.
1: I was just about to say, and also a diabetes nightmare for somebody that (laughs) majored in health. Okay. Keep pushing.
0: (laughs) All right. So my last one, travel related, my favorite Island is Vancouver Island, which is of course right off British Columbia. And last time I was there, I made a special trip to Victoria to have high tea at the Empress hotel.
1: Oh, these are so, all so good.
0: I know. I, I I really, really, really like thought about these.
1: Yes. Because so, I, I do know you. That's why I'm going. Woo, okay. Yeah. Even the, even the one...
0: meatballs, Mark-a-Hooly, or Vancouver Island and the Empress Hotel. Which Like
1: even the Marco My first one, my first instinct is the Markahuli because I know at what level your health consciousness has always been, but yet alone how psychotic it was when you were like in college. Yeah. So, but then I lean back to like, I know your palate, and I, you, although you're a classic guy and you love anything, a gorgeous, classic, chic moment, I have to go, he would do something on the spaghetti and meatballs vibe. I already know the British Vancouver one's real. I just feel like that's real.
0: I oh my gosh. Okay. So, spaghetti and meatballs is true. The Marcahuli is true, ah! and my favorite island is not Vancouver Island. My favorite island is Kauai. I That's would, what I
1: thought. I would I thought never you were- oh. go
0: north and be cold. You See, know? Me. Okay, I'm I do.
1: I know, but this is why I thought. I thought you were saying my favorite. I. This is where I jacked myself. I mm-hmm. thought you were saying my favorite, like my, my, one of my favorite islands. So I didn't yeah. even, no, I jacked it, myself. It's perfect. It's it was perfect a trick question.
0: It was a trick question. And, um, you know, I had to be tricky with you. There's no that way I could, so... my God, you know, you're like, uh, my second sister. I know that I, I was say just about to because I have a sister. Cause your sister's <laughs>
1: amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah we, we carry no, no hate there. Yeah. We got it. So, okay. All right. Oh, go oh ahead. My,
0: go ahead. Oh I'm my ready. gosh.
1: Two, two truths and a lie for me. This is very hard. Okay. <laughs> I would have to say two truths. Gosh, this is, you know, everything, you know, everything. Um, I of course decided I was going to be in television at a very young age because I was obsessed with Carol Burnett and all things Carol Burnett and anything she wore Bob Mackey was my jam, but I, uh, really, my other love was going to be a sports psychologist. Like, whoa, cause I whoa, played tennis. Okay. Yeah. Cause I played right. tennis. So I was like, okay, I'm either going to be, I'm either going to be a comedian or a sports psychologist, hard left, but it was true. And my whole family was like, we're going to see how that pans out. But I really love the psychology of sports so much. I'm, I'm quite bummed. So that, that, that is true that, that I love sports as psychology to the point I was either going to be on TV or a sports psychologist.
0: Okay. So that's true. So you're already telling me it's true. Cause you know, well, I have to guess which one's the lie.
1: Well, no, I'm just telling you all the things so you can decide oh, what's true oh, or not. Okay, okay.
0: So I don't know. Okay. So no, you don't know. Like-
1: um, that let's see. Uh, uh, there, that's one. Then the other one would be that I recently got married a second time.
0: Okay.
1: And no one was there because I got married during the pandemic. So you know, it wasn't because you weren't invited. It's because, right? No all one right. Could be fair. Um, but I, Uh, I, I just wore a dress in my closet. I didn't even, and you know how OCD I am about things being totally perfect. And I, 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 when I tell you, I just pulled something out of the back of my closet and wore it
0: okay okay and this is coming from a girl who um, had a wedding in Mexico and it was filmed and put on TV it
1: was a two hour special on yeah.
0: E it's fine it the first one hours- was
1: a two hour special on <laughs> E the second one I had no shoes on and was on a porch in Topanga it's all very relative so yes so <laughs> okay. for me it's why, that's why he's saying for me to have done the first one and by the way I still to this say my first wedding was on the top top five events of my life it was so fun yeah. just worked out to not be the marriage for me but right. it, I, to this day super fun um, and my third one oh gosh well my third one you know I bartended for years I bartended for years in Hollywood like 150 years it feels like but it was just a quick a quick 10 and the coolest thing I, I bartended everything from the Oscars to the emmys to i mean all the after parties all the things but to the this day the coolest thing that i ever got to bartend was an after party for the grammys and then after the event was done because it was a big deal i forgot who threw it like you know mercedes-benz mm-hmm. or somebody but after they threw it uh, were done prince just paid to have the club left open and mercedes-benz kept it open for him to play all night and i got to stay and personally be the bartender for prince all night
0: oh god okay. and he just
1: played and jammed with his friends and it was like it was one of those like moments in your life that you're like is this real life so there you are those are my two truths and, and, a lie.
0: and one of those is a lie for sure
1: one of those is a lie for sure
0: okay i i believe the prince story i believe that you just it's hard for me to believe that you just threw on any dress to get married but somehow i think that could have happened so i'm gonna go with the sports psychologist
1: I love you so much. Sports psychology is true. It's actually underneath my photo in the yearbook, if you can believe it. I was dumb <laughs> enough to put I'm gonna be a comedian or a sports psychologist. Like how rando was I? Uh, that's true because I loved it. I played tennis, uh, and the lie was the dress because I did actually yeah. technically order it online, but I ordered it online and just wore it. So yeah, I I just wore what I ordered online, and it then did, the prince did seem a little
0: off-brand for you. I was yes, like, <laughs> you, you were just, like, yeah, no, wait randomly reaching in a grab bag and pulling out a dress to get married in seemed a little.
1: It felt that way to be honest with you. And I didn't wear shoes and um, I was at a cabinet meeting for a, for a kitchen build 25 minutes before I came back, brushed my teeth and threw that dress on. True story
0: though. Yeah. I believe that. Mm -hmm. Um, So you talk a little bit about what you were like in high school what your dreams were and ambitions, clearly sports psychologist, but who was (laughs) Trish in high school? Were you popular?
1: Um, you know, I, I went, so I went to five high schools. I don't know if a lot of people know that my mom moved us a lot and I realized that
0: a military thing.
1: No, it's a Judy needs to get her life together thing. It's very similar. Really? (laughs) Judy,
0: your mom, right? You
1: Judy, my mom, I call my mom, Judy, everybody. She's not an adoptive parent. She's my mom, but I've always called her Jude her whole life. So the, the Jude, um, and Judy just moved. And so, um, by the time I, I went to two high schools my junior year and by the time I hit my middle of my sophomore year, I started realizing that this really was like an audition for life. And I started treating it as such because what I learned quickly about being the new girl every year was every guy loved you and every girl hated you. ah, And so I used that notoriety to come in and beat them at their own game, Mark. <laughs> I would go to a school and I would, knowing everybody knew who I was, run for whatever was open our yearbook editors class president. And I would win cause they were all like this chick cause no, everyone knew who I was and I would come in and infiltrate their system and basically run their company. It was like a <laughs> company takeover every single year. That's what I did. So by the time I hit my senior year of high school it was the only school I went to two years in a row. So I went the mm-hmm. second half of my junior year and all my senior year to the same school in uh, Northern New Jersey.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, they voted me most likely to be famous.
0: Oh, well, that worked out.
1: That worked out and most talkative. So oh, well,
0: that worked. I feel, like, <laughs> I
1: feel like both of those have worked for me. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think at the at the end of the day, people didn't know what to do with the fact that I was just like I called them on their own BS back in the day. Yeah. And I still kind of work by that that uh, to this day and I love when people like I'm never on Facebook no offense to Facebook people I'm mostly on Instagram um, but people on Facebook will reach out be like I went to high school with you and I'm like I am so sorry I barely know who you know is on my phone let alone somebody I went to five schools you think I remember that I went I don't know anybody I'm like just keeping track of my family (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay, speaking of your family, I think something that probably our listeners don't know about you is you grew up in the funeral home business.
1: I did. Um yeah. I love I love the funeral business. It's a very You don't first a- of all, you don't
0: hear a lot of people say that.
1: <laughs> I know, it is funny. It's funny when friends call me and go, you know, will say it's it's a weird phone call but it's funny to me because friends are always like uh if someone passed passes unexpectedly and i don't mean like a tragic i mean like you know a grandparent it's time but you didn't know it was time one of those right um they'll call and be like can you help us negotiate this funeral and i'm like Yeah, because let me tell you something. The two most expensive things you'll ever do in life is get married and die. So uh, listen, call a friend, phone a friend. It's there's You can negotiate a wedding and a funeral. Don't feel cheap about it because they'll try to stick you with all this stuff because you're grieving.
0: Well, so, that's really good advice because, you know, first true. of all, let me just say, I think once I hit 50, I started getting letters from um, – the forest oh. lawn. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's yes. like, hi, Brunette's family. Uh, welcome. Have you thought about lawn. your pre needs? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I'm just like, wow. Okay. I thought I was just half my life was done, but I guess they I try to, to get
1: that money, them. honey. Let me tell you. So here's what I'll say to people in a positive thing about death. Even mm-hmm. if you just want to be cremated because mm-hmm. cremation, even though people go, oh, it's less expensive. It, true. But the truth is you're still going to want to have a quote unquote celebration of life for somebody. Mm-hmm. Right? right. So, you need to be aware that you need to set up. And, and hey, if you do want a full in ground funeral, let's talk about it. You're not getting out of that under 17.5. And that's if you okay. did it now. That's if wow. you pre planned it right now. So when you get things in the mail, y'all, here's a pro tip I'm telling you how to finance life hack, how to die. Um, if you get something in the mail about a pre needs for anyone, what that means is you're negotiating the rate of your funeral now and you can go do a pre-needs which means let's say me I'm like oh this is uh, let me go do this I'm going to go to the fun- the pick out my cemetery plot I'm going to go ahead and go to the funeral director to Forest Lawn or Mount Sinai or wherever right. and you'll go I want to be in plot four three I'd like a vault I like this cherry wood casket I'm gonna have it at this chapel you know you can leave all the other notes with whomever you want but you go ahead and prepay it so let's say you leave this earth 30 more years from now Right, your family is not going to get stuck with the current rate of bill uh, in thirty years. So you do want to negotiate a pre needs if it's something that you and I'm OCD. I'm going to be very particular when it gets there. Um, but they're a little little more hesitant to do pre needs with cremation. Yeah, but it'll get there. I mean, I'm sure they still do it, but it's just a, a different setup. But yeah. there you go. There's my life death hack.
0: Hey, I love it. Scandalabra is all about, you know, giving the inside skinny for our listeners. And uh, didn't think it was going to be funeral homes, honestly. But um, there you go. Or or plotting my death, but, you know, (laughs) that's okay.
1: But you and I love a good plan, Mark. We always have. (laughs) And anybody that knows me knows I always have my funeral outfit hanging in the closet. When you're raising the funeral business, you keep an outfit ready to go in the time of your untimely death. Because pro tip, even if you're going to get cremated and you may still want an open casket, which they can do. So you wouldn't pay for a full embalm. You'd do a like in and out the door you yeah, know a little similar to a, a proper jewish funeral where you do you, you know is it sit shiva is that how you say it i always get the yeah, word shiva. Sit, sit, shiva yeah you can do you don't embalm so you could do it very quickly so everyone can be like hi nice to see you pay the respects but then we would cremate where you don't obviously cremate at a
0: jewish
1: Well, you could i suppose if that was your personal desire but it's not traditional in jewish faith is the
0: gotcha yeah okay so you're in high school at what point do you say to yourself i got to get the hell out of here
1: I've said I was going to Los Angeles since I was five years old.
0: Oh, okay. So this since was, I was five. This was Oh, plan. yeah.
1: No, at, my family would just, like, joke constantly that they're – I am from this coal mine in town from, from you know, Bell County, Kentucky. It's like where Kentucky, Tennessee, and Virginia come together. Mm-hmm. Literally, it's called Middlesbrough. It's the middle of nowhere. Hmm. And I would walk around as little as three years old. They have, like, cassette recordings because we didn't have – tv then we didn't know you know we we didn't we didn't have a vhs we didn't have that kind of money so they would just make cassette tapes of me like two and three years old just declaring that i was going to los angeles and i was going to have my own show and then when i was four or five I don't remember what it was. Uh, I saw Carol Burnett win an Emmy and I was watching the Emmy Awards and Mm -hmm. I was so enamored with her and her speech and and just what she looked like. And I, from that day forward, just walked around in complete adamance with everyone that I was going to win an Emmy and move to Los Angeles and have my own show. And they never said no. They never were like, you're crazy. You right, like, That's right. never going to happen. They just were like, okay, babe. And I was like, all right. So I never had, a, there was never a plan B and I never said, I'm going to go try. I was just mm-hmm. always like, I'm going to go do
0: I love that. My favorite Carol Burnett moment was when uh, the Gone with the Wind. Remember? Spoof? Oh, with
1: the curtain rod. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. yes, Mark, are you kidding me? It's one of my highlights of my life. And I begged my mom one year to make that my Halloween costume. And she was like, velvet's expensive. And so she yeah. made me like a version of Cher in like a 1970s pillowcase. It was fine. but
0: well, wait, And just for our listeners who don't know, basically, Carol Burnett <laughs> has to whip up a dress, I guess, right? And yeah. she comes de- descending this <laughs> grand staircase. She has Taken an entire curtain rod off the wall and she's wearing it over her shoulders dress and with rod dress yes, with dress rod with everybody. The rod, and she's draped the curtains around her body and turned it into like a gown
1: because to back it up back when she's she's spoofing gone with the wind and when scarlett o'hara had to during the war times you know it was people on her team had to make her a dress to go into this fancy ball they ripped the drapes down and sewed her a dress out of these green right. velvet drapes so classic carol burnett she's like why do when you can overdo and she fully left the rod and has like the tassels remember she made this like weird tassel hat that like the tassels were in her eyes god it's so good
0: Uh oh she's a classic Um, classic i could see why you were inspired what was your first acting gig
1: my first acting well uh, the first one that was like i had real lines (laughs) was a um episode of chicago hope a mm. Chicago hope and uh, this is you guys this is a real Hollywood story I was an extra and I was just doing extra work so that I could hopefully get in the union and get all my vouchers and I was just right. like oh man doing my 43 jobs and I was an extra in this ER scene and Mark Harmon was the like kind of lead at the time and we're in this very busy ER scene with a, a steady cam operator which takes a lot of work if you've not been around that a steady cam is a he, was very heavy but I don't know right. if they've gotten lighter but they're very heavy and it's a very it's a it's a dance it's like a dance with all the actors and the camera so you're not bumping into them and it looks chaotic in a good way it's just like it's very choreographed right um, and this poor sweet girl who was cast in the role to be able to very quickly in the emergency room say a lot of medical jargon quickly kept freezing and mm-hmm. she was great and she looked the part but she just kept getting jumbled and so we were on like take like 10 mm-hmm. i think at something high and the director just came in and lost his gazoo on her and i was just like i my heart hurt for her and and mark Herman i was Uh, To be fair was not right there like because I would hope because he always seemed like just a classy guy I was on I extraed a lot on that show and um, he wasn't there to be like hey man slow your roll but he locked the the director walked in and was like you is this this difficult for you and I was like what like in my head I'm like this guy's a jackass like that's really what and he instantly turns to me and goes you what's her line turns to me and goes what's your line and i was like bp 80 over 20 pulse 160 move now like come on are you fucking, <laughs> are you kidding let's do this so anywho he goes he literally looks at me and goes switch places and Ooh. that is how i got my side card
0: oh what a great story
1: true story so that's how i got in the union everybody i
0: love Just that Just pay
1: attention and and you know preparation meets opportunity i was like I would, I had heard her mess it up so much that I was like this poor thing. Let me just look and see what needs to be said, because it also affected my move across the room sure. as, you know, a basically Corey you're basically in the chorus as an extra when a, when a camera's involved. So anyway, that's why I got my SAG card. And from there it just, you know, a lot of, a lot of doing and, Person, yeah, a lot and of learning, you know, a lot of hustling. Yeah, no,
0: I get it. Uh, look, I didn't even know what the union was. Um, and turns What was out, your
1: first one? What was well, your first? Acting well, well,
0: it's it's funny you ask because it was literally Jane Fonda. So being in her videos, I was I got Taft Heart. Uh, Taft
1: Hartley. Oh, yeah. that's fantastic, yeah. so, Mark.
0: So for our listeners out there who have no idea what we're talking about, <laughs> um, if you're not in the business, so the union, of course, is, it, back then was in reference to AFTRA, but now it's SAG AFTRA, and um, Taft Hartley what or you had to work so many jobs that were union in order to get in the union that's right you'd have to get
1: vouchers you
0: got vouchers exactly so i i guess i was just grandfathered in or whatever the expression is because what
1: taft hartley means is that that's what happened to me so even though i had vouchers same thing right taft hartley means that you um it's almost like no one it's like no one can do the job but you is kind of what that stands for and i'm sure there's Ah. some like, that's what a Taft-Hartley means is that they have hired you and no one technically can do the job but you. So in those situations, you're a true Taft-Hartley because clearly, I mean, what yeah. you did, no one I could
0: was do. In, I was in Seperobics and Lycra. I mean, come on.
1: No one could do that <laughs> but you. Don't you downgrade that, honey.
0: Looking like Kurt Cameron. You sure were. <laughs> Your tank.
1: highlights were on point. When I met Mark, he had the best Frosty highlights I've ever seen in my whole life. And I was like, yes, Jesus. It curls for days and Frosty Frost, Frosterson highlights. I was here for the whole look.
0: Hey everyone, I wanna take a moment to thank Misio Home for supporting Scandal Opera. Imagine having access to the creative minds of the world's best artisans, designers, and dreamers. Misio Home was launched for design savvy enthusiasts just like you and me, because we appreciate original works, quality materials, and above all, how our home makes us feel. And now we have a very special code from Misio that will get you, our listeners, 20% off Just use the word podcast at checkout and you will receive 20% off on your next purchase. Thank you, Missio. That's M-I-S-S-I-O home.com. All right. So cut to, well, you little lingo here, your clean house audition.
1: Oh, I'll never forget it. What was happening
0: in your life? Tell us about it.
1: I'll never forget it. Um, I was a fan of Clean House already, so when I got called to do the audition, I was like, "Why? The show's fine. Don't mess with it." Like I was so pissy. I really was. I was like, "Oh gosh, yet another show. They're jacking up." Like I was.
0: <laughs> wow. I, I have a really, version. <laughs> you didn't know that? Oh, that was no. true.
1: Yeah. I was very like, "This is awful. This is a cute show. I love this show." Like I was very like, what are they going to do? So, and there was no clear thing I went in for. I just happened to be really close with all the casting directors because at the time I worked, I worked at E and G four uh, mm-hmm. a lot, which were two networks all owned by E along with the style network. So right, I was right. kind of known in the mix with those casting directors. And they're all like, we know you, you were meant for this show. I can't tell you how many times Annie Bodecker Roberts and Maureen Brown said to me, you were made for this show. Uh-huh. And I was like, well, I'm a fan of it. So it would be great. So I came in and they just kept asking me a lot of vague questions, really. And they said, what do you, you know, what are one of your favorite things to do here in LA? And I was like, Oh Lord God yard sale. I was like, they're like, what's the rule of a yard sale? And I said that my three F's in anything in life, fierce, fabulous and frugal is how I do life. And, I was like, here you go. Here's all the information. They're like, are you clean? I was like, I'm OCD. I'm like, clean's an understatement. Wait, I are like, you I...
0: clean? I mean like, they, are you a clean person?
1: They were just asking, "All right, am I into cleaning and do I like cleaning? Oh, I said, "Okay." And I was like, "Was well, has this show turned into Mary Maids?" Like I was, get, I was yeah. just one line into death on my audition, exactly. and they were like, "No," and I was like, "No," but like, let's have a real come to Jesus here. I was like, "Are you asking me on the show?" I was like, "Cause I'm fairly sure Niecy Nash does not get on all fours with some bleach with those nails." And they were like, "Oh my gosh, who is this person?" Right? Because I was like, "What do you mean, do I clean?" Let's slow your roll. So um, anyway, I do the audition. I'm on the road doing comedy. I don't think a thing of it. I, I'm fine. And then I get a call, um, I get a call to come in and do callbacks. And I was like, Mm -hmm. well, okay, fine. But I was that afternoon. I'll never forget it. I was leaving at a five o'clock flight PM out of LAX to go to Barcelona to do comedy in an expat club with all these as a feature comic, not Mm -hmm. as a headliner. And I was like, yeah, fine. I can be at, I think it was a 10 o'clock call at E. And I was like, yeah, 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 sure. I can come in. And uh, I walked into a you know a table full of people. Saw you in the room, but Mark and I only we were acquaintances by no sense were we like good close f- right, brother sisters right. sister as we are now. Right. So I walk in and it's Mark and Nisi in the room. I can remember Nisi was wearing a purple velvet, a, a juicy tracksuit. Never forget it as long <laughs> as I live, and right. a like a lavender flower in her hair. Uh, and you
0: have to be spot on on that because I remember <laughs> when I was sent the tape for the show for season two. She was wearing like a bubblegum pink. It. <laughs> <laughs> and i did that's all i remember that and some kind of like uh, plastic flower in her hair yeah she had a
1: big she had a big lavender flower i remember the big and it matched like it was she was like an eggplant aubergine if you will uh juicy (laughs) juicy tracksuit, darling with the cleanest like white sneak ever on her sneakers look like they just came fresh out the box with a you know a fresh done acrylic she was just all things nash looking magical right and smelled like a dream she used to always wear don't know if she still does used to always wear um Mark, mark mark by mark jacobs and she smells like uh like a like a, just a bouquet of gardenias. So (laughs) I was like, Oh my God, she smells like a dream sequence. And Mark was classic Mark. You were in a vest and just a completely crisp shirt, like those freshly, just all the things, sleeves rolled up, glasses on. Um, You kept taking the glasses off because I think this, I think my second season was the first season. You started really wearing glasses all the time. Because you, you, know,
0: you know I don't really wear glasses. No, I know. That's what was that so was funny. Like, that was a network and, note. we got to make exactly him look right. different. So Make him look
1: different so he can't wear a glass. And I was like, why is he put – it's because you were putting him on, putting him off. I was like, okay, yeah. well, maybe the readers. I don't know. Who am I? I don't know. I'm like that. Right? Because I was like, he's – like, I know. I've been around Mark. I've never seen him wear glasses. But I thought, whatever. So, this is for you. This is you. Huh. I will never forget it. Yeah. So, then I come in to do this scene. And this is the moment where i felt the first kind of click of magic between the three of us
0: mm-hmm. yeah.
1: um we did a scene and and Nisi, you and Nisi both were just improving, making up the scenario, making up the situation every time. And we did a scene with Nisi being the homeowner and you and I were in the scene trying to get this homeowner to give up her baby's crib that had been in the dining room. And the baby is now seven, but she was uh, not letting uh, go of this crib.
0: Wow. You have such an amazing memory. Okay. Mark, I'll
1: never forget this because Nash is such a good actress right. that she started to cry. Like, oh, and geez. I can't, I cannot cry. Everybody knows I don't cry. Like, again, I think it's like, maybe let's dig in my psyche, probably growing up in the funeral business. It takes a lot for me to cry. So if I cry, it doesn't stop usually, Mm -hmm. or it's just hard for me. And Mark and I, you and I both pretty are pretty. We keep our emotions fairly in check. We're both those people. So if you get us to cry, holy goodness. So Nisi is literally in a matter of 40 seconds into this, you know, improv scene about getting me to help this woman get rid of her baby's crib in the dining room. She's crying about it. And I just grabbed her hands. I looked her right in the eye and I was me. And I'll never forget how present Nisi was because obviously she's playing a character, but how present Nisi was to being that mama. And truthfully, Dia was probably around the same age, her youngest right. yeah, at her the time. Youngest. So she, you could tell she was just channeling what that meant what that Mm -hmm. really meant. And I was like, look, your baby's going to always be your baby. I said, but wouldn't it be better if you gave her a home that represents who you are and how you want her to be? And I was like, I'm here to do that for you. And if you'll trust me, I'll do it. And I remember getting choked up because Mm -hmm. Nisi squeezed my hand so tight. You put my, your hand on my shoulder and you said, let us do that for you to Nisi. Cause if she was the homeowner and Nisi, Nisi, I will never forget that because uh, like, it was like electricity went through my body. Like this is, this is supposed to be. And right. I'll never, ever, ever forget it. Cause I was like, okay, I got to go get on a plane and go to Spain. It was a true moment in your life when you do something and let it go. I did it. I was present and I let it go. Mm. And then I got a call eight days later in Barcelona. Mm. Hey, they need you to come back. And what I, we, you know, we always joke that it was our summer show. Like it was right. the summer job right. that it never quit. Right. I was only hired for five episodes mm. <laughs> You know, that was the the total joke was that I was only hired for five episodes and then it became the next decade of my life. So, yeah, you know,
0: well, gosh, it's a lot to unpack there. Um, You know, um, first of all, that's an amazing story. And I absolutely a testament to who you are and who you were on the show and who you continue to be, which is I I feel like that was the lightning in the bottle for us. Not only our chemistry, but we just connected with people, you know, we did. Family after family it. after family. Yeah. And we you know meant we took off our uh, you know, um judgment hats when we walked in the front door. Cause you know, people would ask us all the time, how do you walk in people's homes and all that clutter and that craziness? And you can't be judgmental. You can't. And you have to remember we're all cut from the same cloth. And whatever these people are going through, they're going through, and we're gonna go through it with you. And I think that was what was so special and unique I, about the show.
1: I totally that was beautifully said, Mark. I, I think that's really what it was and why it still resonates to people this day is, um, you know, you can cast somebody all day long. We're one of the few shows, I believe you, you cast it and the magic happens. I, not that I don't think that happens on scripted shows all the time. I'm just saying we know right. how rare it is when a, when a cast lights. And when a cast lights, And it's, you're really, you are who you say you are. You're Mm -hmm. not playing a role. We, to a degree, had to camp up. I say that to people all the time. Like Mm -hmm. they wanted me so country. I sounded like I was on an episode of Hee (laughs) Haw. And, um, you know, by the end, they'd made us pretty much sound bites, which was Mm -hmm. sad. But what people fell in love with about Clean House and what we all love about each other, and Matt and Nisi, we've all joked that you could call us at three in the morning, say everybody's gotta be somewhere. And the second we hear that slate clack, no time has passed. And everybody knows exactly who they are and how to be who they are yeah. because we all have that respect level with everyone's lane, I think, yeah. is what has made us have that kind of sweet longevity. For so long, and and we all really love who we are, and we love each other.
0: So yeah, and I, I also think too, and this is not like Pat, Mark, and Trish on the back moment, but but let's go ahead. Um, <laughs> it, 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 it's actually um we were just so gracious with each other, you know. Agreed. We we we, we had those moments where we almost knew who was going to talk next before the person even spoke because <sighs> the con- just being present to the conversation and families and their breakdowns and all their stuff, we knew who of the team needed to be called upon to have That's that right. next moment. And we were just so dialed into that. Um, and that, that is really rare to find. Um, so it definitely is a, was, was, and is a very special time. All right. So I'm really curious. Did you ever think uh, clean house would turn out to be the show that it did?
1: No, no, you know that we both, I think, you know, we got to do what we did at a really cool time in the world that social media was just kind of starting. Mm -hmm. And we were really one of those very first homegrown shows. So we weren't created by PR. We weren't created by anything other than genuine love for a show. And anymore, that's (laughs) almost impossible, especially with the level at which content is available now. So. To be loved on a network that doesn't even exist anymore, y'all. Right. Do you know how many times people walk up to Mark and I both and go, oh my God, I loved you on HGTV. could okay, just so you know, I've never been on HGTV a day <laughs> in my life. Not one day.
0: Yeah, that was very common. We it was. But
1: this is what matters is that people don't, I've said this for years, people do not care what they watch you on. They care that they watched you. So right. to this, like I was watching the, uh, which is amazing if you haven't watched it, the Beatles, the Get Back on disney Mm -hmm. plus but again it's on disney plus my husband and i were like fighting with each other last night because he's like babe i can't find it i'm on netflix i was like because it's on disney plus no it's not and i was like okay because you just get in your head that something's on something like you're like Mm -hmm. oh it's apple tv well that's not necessarily the case so i i love that we were on tv at a time that people just were like i don't know what the heck i watched it on i just know i loved clean house and that's such a nice compliment
0: well and you know to think about the timeless nature of the show it was very family oriented it was very expert driven to the ex- and to the extent that you know we just spent some really good advice and we always I, I if i recall we always used to say people were in kind of one or three places when they watched the show that either they're just pure entertainment just wanted to laugh and go for the ride. They were either completely empathetic or sympathetic to the family because maybe they were going through it themselves Yes, or they just, I hate to say this, but kind of like looking at the accident on the side of the road. Right.
1: Oh, for sure.
0: Yeah, for
1: sure. I used to always say too. you know, we, it made you always feel better about your junk drawer. Right. Mm, So we, we, we were the show that was pre-hoarders. We Mm -hmm. would, um, and Mark and I look a lot of here's some, I don't know how much inside baseball you want to give, but Mark and I went to every single scout. Mm, We went to every single family. Nothing was ever staged. What you saw was what you got. We did not go plant clutter. That's exhausting.
0: No, that was a big question. I used to get a lot on the road. You know, did you plant it? And and if anything, I would say the opposite is true. We had to remove it. Yeah, so so our crew could get in there. So
1: our family, yeah, people don't realize for us to stand in a room and our camera operators to stand in what we were looking at, we actually had to take things out so that the operators could safely stand, the camera operators could stand to shoot uh, anything we were looking at because it wasn't usually, you know, safe, to be honest with you, because there was that much stuff. So. Nothing was ever, it was a very organic, like people be like, oh, did you fudge the numbers? Mark will be the first to say I was probably too OCD about the math because I'm really bad at math. So I was super diligent about how much we made at yard sales Mm -hmm. because we knew we really did have to like take things out and we'd get upset, especially if we really loved the family. Not that we did anything less for families that were
0: like salty. But you know, you're talking about families and I do have a question for you because there are so many. And I think after a hundred, they kind of, I kind of lost their last names and I I can't remember them anymore, but I remember moments and, you know, in rooms and and scenarios. So there were so many that we walked into, but Trish, I'm curious to know now looking back, what do you think was just the thing that kind of, surprised you the most, like the one incident or a family or a moment that like with everything that we had walked through being in the trenches of all, you know, this American life, is there something that stands out as I will never forget this day?
1: Oh my There's so many, there's so many, I don't know that I could choose I genuinely don't know if I could choose one, Mark. Yeah, really was don't. it there... was
0: it the black mold in the basement? Oh, gotcha. Was it uh, you so know... the
1: ceilings cracking? I mean, I could go on for days. <laughs> I had the, Kom- the Komodo cat dragon cat. in Redondo Beach that I lost my uh, mind because I'm petrified of Madagascar hissing cockroaches. Like uh, everything, every time we think we'd seen it all. Right. I stopped saying there was a family. And Mark and I will both tell you this family because... I've never wanted to help a family more, but they were out of the scope of what we did on the show. And you know, which one I'm going to talk about was this amazing Filipino family. I loved these Uh, kids were amazing to this day. It's one of my bigger regrets of not being able to be like, is there something we can do because it was such a a compelling story, but genuinely for health and safety, it was out of the scope of what we did on clean house. Remember the one, and it was a Filipino doctor. Uh, His wife passed away um, unexpectedly. Was it a car accident? I can't remember how she unexpectedly passed, but he was uh, loved her very deeply. And the kids were, um, I think one was in college but the other two were in high school and they were in Torrance, I believe actually Torrance and they were the most lovely kids who wanted their dad to just snap out of it. And I want to say it had been three years since she had passed. And, these kids were just lovely and and charming and and wanted their dad so badly to help heal and i will never forget and mark you know what i'm gonna say so he stopped sleeping in the master bedroom it literally looked like like the time like the second she got out of that room was the last time anyone was in there it was like time stopped right but in the kitchen do you remember the the refrigerator incident Yeah. in there okay in the kitchen the, the refrigerator passed away. She was the last one. I will never, I'm, uh, I might cry telling this. She was the last, the last thing she did before she went back out that afternoon was she went grocery shopping. So she went grocery shopping and stocked the fridge, right? And then was going back out for whatever reason and then got killed. And the friger- refrigerator uh, ended up, uh, I don't remember if it died or if it just had, it, it, like he wouldn't let anybody touch it. Right. It was encased in mold. You guys like to the point that we walked in the house and my throat started instantly co- closing. And I was like, what is wrong with me? And I was like, oh God. and then we went into the kitchen and the ref- they bought a new refrigerator. Do you remember this Mark? And the refrigerator was in front of the old refrigerator. The refrigerator actually was still plugged in behind it, but w- who cares? Because there was so much mold. Like it literally, you guys, it was fuzzy. It was fuzzy. The physical refrigerator was fuzzy on the outside and they had a brand new refrigerator physically in front of it because he could not handle anyone touching that refrigerator because it was the last thing she touched. And right. I felt so bad for those kids so bad because they wanted so badly to just help their dad get through it. And it was just because of the level, I mean, I, we had to go outside and have our meeting because mm-hmm. the, the mold was so bad in the house. Right. And that family to me, I, I don't know if you remember, I'm like, I do that stuck with me. Like no one has ever stuck with me because then he started shopping. He was online shopping Mm -hmm. and the garage was stacked to the ceiling with boxes. And I just thought, ah, I want to help this family. And I knew we couldn't. And I, I, you know, you wish you, there was somewhere to call. Mark and I have said for years, if, if you have gained weight, you need to you lose weight, you can call the gym. If right. you, you know, if, if you need to move, you can call movers. If you need help with your finances, you can call a tax guy, a financial right. planner. But when it comes to excess and clutter, yeah, you could call an organizer. But th- not people don't have the access to that like you do a trainer. And there's right. nobody to come in on the level we used to do what we did and help. That's what I think in this country has been missing. And and there's so many people, especially, I'm sure it's worse after the pandemic, um, that need it so badly, that need it so badly.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, we're uh, definitely in a different place. But, you know, there's so much of what was happening then definitely resonates today. Um, it's just on a different level. It's just unique and different. And I think now, especially with the pandemic, that we all have focused so much more on our homes, you know, we're really seeing all the nuances, the cracks and crannies if you will that yes you know where things work and where they don't and what what you're really happy about and uh, hell I do it all the time I walk around my house and I'm like I don't really like that I, I just need to see to get rid of it yeah you know? and for whatever reason I just like I'll just throw it out or donate it you know and same just get it out of my space
1: same um, I learned that from you though I used to be a, a very sentimental because you're sentimental too that's what <laughs> you and I both are se- sentimental collectors to a degree but Mark and I both Um, He wrote a great book. If you've not read it, I'll pimp it for you. Take the you out of clutter. And it's a great, fantastic book. Please pick it up wherever books are sold. Um, But it's very good about if if it's not in a place of honor, then why are you holding on to it? And I started really going, why the heck am I keeping stuff of my grandmother's in a Rubbermaid container in my garage? That's not honoring anybody. And I always think of your canes, you know? Yeah. That's what I think of because you have always been a person that if it matters to you, you display it. And clearly you can tell somebody all day long it matters, but honey, your actions speak more than words. So if it's in a bin in the garage, does it really matter?
0: Yeah. Well, we've always said that clutter was symptomatic of something else. And I think that's one of the things that we became really experts at in a handful. There's only a few of us out there who, you know, we were, it was kind of like CSI Miami. We'd walk in and just immediately we could just see exactly what was going on. Not like someone bought, you know, too much Tupperware or Beanie Babies. It was like, okay, this marriage is about to fall apart. Um, One of them has lost a job. Um, a kid's not doing well in school. Like, like we just got right. We got,
1: we were profilers. And I think the best part of being able to profile like we do and did Mm -hmm. is, um, we all stayed in our lane and did it right. Nisi was very, very good. Um, and, and on the behind the scenes for everybody, what we're, we as a, as a family, as a clean house family did, uh, because Nisi had 43 jobs. I had 43 jobs. Mark had 40. We all had other yeah. things besides clean house, but what we did very well was support each other in what everybody needed to know when we walked in to right. be present to a family as efficiently as we could be. And because Mark and I got that little extra glimpse behind the curtain, because Nisi and Matt never met the family before we walked in their front That's doors. right. And Mark and I did, but we did, we did it from a level of, I obviously needed to know what they had to sell. And to me, it became a game because I'd like to get as close to the dollar number without going over like I was Bob Barker. Um, So we knew what we were working with. So we knew how we could best help this family and for Mark to best do a design plan because the cleaning and the organizing were quote unquote on us on clean house. So all the money really did go to the design. Mm -hmm. So it was important for he and I to know what we were working with and what we got to keep. And, and another point to what you were saying, when we had moments, Mark would say at nauseum. you would say it at nauseum, but in the best way, because it was true. It never mattered. We could gift every, you know, insert company here, Broyhill, Ashley, Bassett. Mm -hmm. It didn't matter what company you gifted a brand new home of furniture to. What mattered were the things that Mark and I would, Dig, and if we would get in fights. It would be hilarious. I would go back, like Mark. The the running joke was everyone kept their grandmother's Singer sewing machine. Uh, right. And I was like, Mark, you've got to put this in the design. And he wanted to kill me every time, because I was like, he was like, oh, good, another you know entry hall table that's a Singer sewing machine, another side table that's a right. Singer sewing. But everybody kept it, and we, you know, true to Mark's word, everything had to be in a place of honor. um And then of course the crazier stuff, Mark would always look at me, whether it was on camera or not, and go, just put it in the closet. And I was like, no. <laughs>
0: No, I did try to shove a lot of stuff in your closet. You shoved everything that.
1: in my closet. I'm like, no, and you're like, okay. And you get so aggravated. I and mean, I was like, no, it actually needs to go in the room. And. I did go through everybody's stuff. I obviously had a team. So did Mark because the amount of stuff we couldn't physically do by ourselves. But we we had a systems in place that helped mm-hmm. us, you know, navigate it as best as possible. And one that stuck out to me was the family in San Diego. I just remember her name was June, um, whose family burned. They had the RV outside. Mm-hmm. And I go through your stuff. So she had a, and we, to be fair, her little jewelry box was a broken mess express. So I had a new jewelry, uh, layout made for her from Alpha so that she had proper jewelry drawers mm-hmm. and she had a the first love letter that her sweet little husband had written right. behind the mirror in the jewelry box and the mirror fell out and I found the letter and I went to Mark and I said, I was crying when I read it cause it was so precious. It was like, right. from like 1973 and was. Mark was like, I said, I think we should frame it and he goes you are absolutely right and so we gift them this brand new bedroom because there was so much clutter in the bedroom they couldn't even sleep together now they Mm -hmm. had a sleep number bed honey and a brand new and then before we could even speak to it she saw the handwriting she knew what it was and i just and she was a crier junie was a crier i loved her uh and and i actually cried because i i could feel the emotion coming off of her Mm -hmm. of how much that meant to her and how much She had they had just lost their way, as you spoke too beautifully, profiling a marriage. And that was one of the few episodes we ever did without Nisi. Right. Um, it was just Mark and Matt and I. And Mm -hmm. that was so powerful because we really just thank goodness the producers let us let them stand in that moment. Mm-hmm. Like let, let the, cause the husband didn't realize what it was until he got closer, realized it was his handwriting. And then he read it and then he starts bawling and then their kids start bawling. And then I even think Osmond might've teared up. I don't want to start a rumor, but Matt might've like just his eyes might've glistened, but it was just a really powerful moment. Um, and speaks to yet again, how much we truly cared about those families,
0: yeah, and I also think too, definitely cared, but also too, Trish. I would say the takeaway is, you know, we talk so much about getting rid of stuff, and it's really not about always getting rid of stuff. It's really just about making great choices for what works for you, what you love, what speaks to you, what represents you, and oftentimes that definitely means um, hanging on to certain things. You have Absolutely. to treasure those moments. In fact, you know, as as you said. You know, there are a lot of shows that were like, and here's your new Broy Hill showroom. But, um, you know, who cares? Yeah, it's antiseptic.
1: I mean, yeah, it's a nice idea.
0: Yeah, to have that level of connectedness, if you will, or connection was really rare. You know, I'm really curious as I'm listening to you talk, Trish, um, you know, so our listeners, by the way, if anyone out there wants to watch Clean House, it's completely available on Peacock Network and NBC.com. Oh, is it? Oh, Oh, yeah. Oh, y'all,
1: I might curl up with a hot chocolate tonight and make... And make us a drinking game. And every time I do an eye roll or some weird like you know, countryism they made me do, yeah, I'll have hot chocolate.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then you can order the bobbleheads of each of us. Um <laughs> oh, online. Wouldn't those be fun? <laughs> well, it's kind of how I felt we became by the end of the show. Then oh, the we season. were.
1: Yeah, by the end. We were, <laughs> we were just was, literally oh, talking, yeah, talking points. Yeah.
0: So over the top. Um, but yeah, so definitely I would recommend watching it. In fact, I've been recently working with um, some younger people um <laughs> who <laughs> that's my producer Wyatt who just Wyatt, did at you that. giggle yeah he did because he had never seen the show and he Wyatt, and someone else okay, I work with so he what literally go Wyatt, go it, Wyatt, jump tell in. he literally can, just watched a few episodes
1: you can tell the truth it's cool
0: oh my god no it was so fun I literally just wanted to watch one episode to like poke fun at Mark a little bit but I <laughs> loved it I was completely enthralled me and Sam, who we used to work with, uh, were having a glass of rosé, and it, what was supposed to be one episode turned into like five.
1: Yeah, honey, it's a rosé. <laughs> it's a rosé kind of show. It is a full. <laughs> all, it's a rosé all day kind of show because you're like well, you can't stop.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I was I'm telling him, I was telling him why you know on style you wake up on a Saturday at nine o'clock and start watch one and we just had marathons it was on all it literally style network became the clean house network which no, unfortunately was... is why the network went down after we left the show because you there know was no it, it was anymore. like a house of cards yeah. it just all collapsed um, but it is cool though today though to be able to go back and watch the show and, I
1: have to, I have not seen Mark I yeah. have not seen that show you know here's the other thing that i love with the exception of uh tempest who i just wasn't Mm -hmm. on as many episodes with obviously but uh, lisa arch uh debbie gutierrez i am very good friends with uh, all of our guest hosts we've had on because i think we made a culture that made everybody feel welcome or we at Mm -hmm. least tried to i know we tried to yeah um and joel joel uh, Joel steingold love couldn't be prouder of him he's an amazing actor if you don't know joel steingold go go check him out but Just really, I think we were really – and I'll toot our horns in this, and certainly Niecy's – we knew we had something really good. And I tell the story often because we went through another um, go-to guy before Matt showed up. And I tell the story, and I don't know if you remember it the same as I do, but I – like I said, it was the same – it was the same feeling I got on my audition, and there's just something you know when something clicks. Because when – When Nisi and Mark met Matt for the first time, they took us to a restaurant in the valley. I'll never forget this. (laughs) Never forget this. Nisi was a little hesitant of Matt Eisman. I knew Matt from comedy and, and Matt's a solid host. I mean, obviously look at Matt Eisman and Jeopardy, Warrior, all the things, Matt Eisman's a crack host, like just the business. And I said, Hey, they were, they were auditioning him, the, the casting directors that I love. And they said, we're bringing in Matt Eisman. And I was like, Matt's the guy. And I told our executive producer, I told Jamal, who was our executive in charge of production. I was mm-hmm. like, y'all need to give him a shot because I'm telling you, Eisman's the business. Like he's just the guy. And he's, as you know, he's kind of like Mr. Incredible. He looks like an action figure in person. Right, so you're right. like, what? This is, He's meant to be a go-to guy. Matt's about as handy as a wet napkin right. in real life, <laughs> right? But Matt yeah. will be the first to tell you that. But Matt is pure joy on a set. So we go to eat. He meets Nisi for the first time i know all this about matt i've prepped mark of all this about matt but niecy turns and i will never forget it she's putting a shrimp from a shrimp cocktail (laughs) in her mouth she loves a shrimp nash (laughs) loves a shrimp and she was putting a shrimp in her mouth and right before she does she's holding it by the tail and she's got that little ice bowl right in front of her face and she goes so matthew what's your background in renovation and you know diy and if she's biting the shrimp matt goes i don't know a thing about it i'm a doctor she (coughs) let that shrimp fall right off her tongue and right back into right back into the icy bowl (laughs) and i am sitting across he's sitting mark is across from me and and matt's across from nisi and i go Oh God, like I just I was, so I'm so i sitting yeah, that, next to Nash I just see the shrimp out of my peripheral fall back into the icy bowl and I'm like oh God, to be a, just yeah train that's the end right yeah this the is end. the end of the, this is the end of it because the guy that she, he was replacing who was lovely was a true actor and also not a true handyman so that's right. where the pretext was it had nothing to do with Matt as a person so right cut to cut to two days later we're on set in Redondo Beach
0: yes on set I remember in Beach. We're doing the knock knock
1: The knock knock at the door and the front door wreath on this door was feathers with pink and silver balls. And we are doing the first time the four of us have ever lined up for a door knock. It's Nisi, Mark, me and Matt. And we're lined up for this door knock and the door is red and this ball, this wreath is pink and feathers and all the things. And we're outside the house and we're rolling. And this was the moment in my life that I went, as soon as this happened, I remember everything in my body it was like a lightning bolt. And I was like, something's just changed. Something in my life just changed. I'll never forget it. Nisi walks up where all, we all do the walk up. We stand there. Nisi goes, Oh, well, this is a wreath. And, and uh, she goes, where do you think I should knock? And Matt goes, I just always go with under the balls. <laughs> and without turning around, I crack Matt on the chest with my like the back of my fist I go Matthew and I just put my finger up like no 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 Mark gives the patented Mark Brunette's eye roll and Nisi gave the mother nostril flare
0: right <laughs> turns
1: back to the door and like does the like do I go up do I go under do I go up and went under the balls and then look back at Matt and I look back at him I'm like not now, and that's that was it and I remember that the crew laughed so uncontrollably hard we had to cut We, and we were laughing so hard and I went, something just changed. I remember that moment, like it happened yesterday because I thought, what was like, it was a true, holy, what just happened. And that was it. And we were together for the next, you know, insert show here. So I remember that moment because all of us, even not knowing how to move, knew each other's space and timing at that moment. Mm -hmm. And that was the show.
0: Yeah, and that was the show. And that, that's how that, we did it. <laughs> it. It really was the show. I mean, what you're really speaking to was the show. It was yeah. that chemistry. It was um being gracious it was like letting us just shine i mean it's interesting too because you know i've said this before even in the beginning i was like holy shit like i'm up against like three comics basically <laughs> you know like yeah, you who, would say that all
1: the time yeah, like,
0: who say. am i i'm just like the straight guy you know that well, unto itself <laughs> is the joke um but you know <laughs> I was like, how am I going to do this? And, but I think what was so great, and I will say, and I've never said this before, is you just, you all just let me be me.
1: Oh, well, you're, first of all, yes, you're exceptional at who you are. And we loved, we all knew our level of improv and we knew that was not your gift yeah. right you had to know a beginning middle and end mark mark was a very and you still have your you've always been incredibly detail oriented so that everything looks effortless and i think you don't ever give yourself the level of credit that you truly deserve that you do so much preparation and planning to make things look just and no matter what you do effortless Mm-hmm. and it is a gift you have had. I've watched it a million trillion times. That's why I sit in complete awe. And we all, I think, graciously learned from each other. And the only time ever that we ever had any, I think there was any stress or animosity was always outside uh, of the four of us, people mm-hmm. trying to kind of just negotiate who we are. Right. And we were never, we are like, nah, nice try, because we are not those people to each other. Mm-hmm. And that I think is what people fell in love with was we all had that respect. We would joke. It was a 44 minute show. The sh- clean house was 44 minutes. It was a 40 minute comedy show with a four minute makeover, but,
0: <laughs> right. it's true. The,
1: but, but because we were, we were just allowed to be ourselves in the beginning. And I think that is a blessing that a lot of tv especially now no way jose that doesn't get to do and we got to do tv at a time where we walked in with a loose like here's what we need to like talk about with these families mm-hmm. but not one thing was scripted it was just us being us listening and mm-hmm. reacting and hopefully helping
0: <laughs> uh definitely helping and on that note trish what do you think your legacy will be
1: oh god in life or just clean
0: house in life
1: Oh gosh. In life. I hope uh, my, I've always said, I, I hope people will say to me, I left them better than I found them. You know, mm. that's, that's who I am. It's what I want to give to people. Always. I love for everyone to just like, feel like a big old ray of sunshine and a hug came through. And you're like, I don't know why I like her. I like her. I know I'm not everybody's cup of tea, but um, I really hope that in this life, you know when people say my name, they smile because you don't want to be like, "Oh God," you know, you don't want an eye roll attached to your name. So I, I hope I always just bring a level of joy, and people will always just kind of go, "Gosh, I, I I did that better because I, you know, I knew her." That would make me happy.
0: Well, let me be the first to say you definitely left me better than you found me.
1: Oh, I'm gonna cry now. I'm really gonna cry, Mark. I know. Can we dedicate this show to our Megan? Um, so our sweet Megan, not to be, again, I'm not about death. I'm actually quite, because this is the point of me telling you this to be a full circle moment. Mm-hmm. Um, our sweet Megan was our hair department on clean house and we were the very first show she ever did. And she went on to be a amazing, huge celebrated award-winning hairstylist, mm-hmm. uh, just at 35 years old. So to tell you what she accomplished between 22 and 35 is just short of a miracle because she was that exceptional of a human. Um, but she got called, Uh, to be in heaven, um, last January, it's almost been a year without her. January 4th, January 4th, stage four colon cancer. Um, no history of it in her family and it hit her out of nowhere. And she has two beautiful girls and a, and a husband she left behind, two little girls, Dylan and Parker Schaaf. Um, and in the process of that, because there was, she's like my sister. I had to be the one to call and tell Mark and I couldn't barely get my breath when I called him. But I tell you this to say that in all the, uh, grief at knowing, knowing what the funeral business is, and knowing life and the good grief. Um, I always say there's a goodness out of grief. That's what Clean House was. That's who I am. It's what I've known my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, I helped Kirk, her widow, uh, and his girls not only um, refi their house, be able to rent the house that they had in California. He moved back to St. Louis, mm-hmm. and I've helped Kirk uh, and the girls uh, d- d- get their house designed. And Mm -hmm. helped build the house because it was a a stick build and get them in a place where they could heal because, you know, this was a huge loss for all of us. I swear, I feel like she's around me every single day Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm grateful for it. But I want to dedicate it to my sweet Megan because Megan, her first show was Clean House. And she would always say to me years later of all the amazing accolades and stories and, I mean, everything. Pitch Perfect, y'all. Jack Reacher. She was big time. Uh, oh, everything. Yeah. And, and people
0: have yet yeah. to see her work on uh, Top Gun.
1: That's right. Top Gun. I mean, when I tell you she, she Hunger Games, Clean House was a drop in her bucket, American Idol, America's Got Talent. Mm-hmm. She just was the ultimate pro and class act, and we were lucky enough to do life with her. But I was the very first head she ever did in television, and she mm-hmm. walked in to the trailer and she had these big questionable she had gorgeous a hispanic like gorgeous my dream skin she's just a stunner megan literally is a stunner and she walked in with these questionable like caramel chunky highlights in her hair (laughs) and i also at the time had questionable blonde highlights in my brown hair and she looked at me and she goes we've got to fix that and i said look who's talking and she goes (laughs) i guess i deserved that and i go well we'll get it together together and she goes deal and from that day on i was like this is my sister this is like my little sister and i could not have loved a human being more than i did megan herrera shop yeah this is this is the uh podcast and we're all still close with mark will tell you our hair and makeup we're close with everybody that was on that show that's what a yeah. special special show clean house was
0: well this show is definitely dedicated to megan
1: yes Love you, Magina.
0: Trish, what would the yeah. Trish of today tell the younger Trish?
1: Oh, I, after watching the Beatles documentary, and what I've known since I was little, but I never really absorbed it. Let it be, girl. Let it be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let it be. Um, th- and then everything's gonna work out. Don't yeah. don't stress. Don't stress it, about it. It has
0: worked out. It's not it even. Has. Yeah, it's not even a future thing. No, uh, I agree. I agree. You know, uh, people ask like, you know, why hasn't it worked out? And I, my response to that is this is what life looks like when it is working
1: the, and it, it, it's working exactly. itself
0: out right now.
1: Mark, that's beautifully said. And, that, and that's I mean, really, to unpack that, it's a whole separate podcast. But that isn't that the truth to sit and go, hey, guess what? Pro tip. This is what the journey Uh, is we're just no one's getting out alive hey again death hack nobody's getting out of this alive and you need to enjoy every second of it my my dogs are trying to make out with me while i'm doing this podcast right now and i'm laughing because i think how fun and great that i have these two fur nuggets that love me unconditionally and they think anytime I'm on air that they get a T-R-E-A-T. And those are the little <laughs> things that I'm like, I love you. God didn't give me a child to birth, but I have all these fur children that love the crap out of me, and I'm grateful for them every day.
0: There are so many things we didn't get to talk about today. and I, I know have we might a have to do a part two. We might have to. We will do a part two. That's okay. a promise. Okay. <laughs> um, but I have to tell you how much I appreciate you. Um, I feel like, like I said, you're kind of, beyond a sister really doesn't even do it justice um we've kind of transcended so many um different levels of our relationship not only in the workplace but as friends as people who love each other as people who are connected to our environments and other people out there i just want you to know i appreciate you so much and i love you and i love you like your fur babies unconditionally and i appreciate you so much being on the show today
1: uh, right back at you. I'd say all that, but I don't want to take up all your airtime. So yes, <laughs> thank you. I love you more than I love uh, birthday cake. And you know how much I love a white sheet cake.
0: Yes. I, do. I love,
1: I love everything about you. And I'm so just proud of getting to be in your orbit and doing life with you. I think we don't celebrate people that we get to do life with enough. And I'm so incredibly grateful and, and just in awe of the fact that I've gotten to do so much of it and continue to get to do so much of it with you.
0: Thank you. And to our listeners, thank you for sharing this time with us. Uh, It was very special in so many ways. All right. We'll see everyone next time. Bye y'all. This has been an MBU production. To learn more, go to markbrunettes.com. That's M-A-R-K-B-R-U-N-E-T-Z.com.